What on earth was that? I was going to start tonight's program by saying happy Sunday, people. But what the hell was that? A shambolic performance from the Arsenal. An embarrassing defeat at home at the hands of Aston Villa. Serious questions need to be asked this evening. Serious, serious questions. We're going to be dissecting the match. And in the second part of the show, I'm going to be inviting you guys to come on here and join me. So if you are interested, if you want to get involved, DM me at Chronicles underscore AFC on Twitter and I will fire you back the link. I look forward to talking to some of you throughout this show and trying to make sense of what happened at the Emirates Stadium this evening. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeu. And, um, you know, I was sitting here thinking that, you know, after that performance at Old Trafford, after that spirited, strong Arsenal display at Old Trafford against a team that we hadn't beaten in donkey's years, that Arsenal were going to String a bit of a run of results together. The Arsenal were going to take themselves into this international break in a positive way. And really then take stock again of where we are, where we're at. Start considering where we need to improve. Working um, stuff out behind the scenes. I know lots of players go away and stuff. But I really hoped that we'd pick up all three points this evening at home to Aston Villa. Go into the international break on a positive And then when we come back, we can move on and continue our progression under Mikel Arteta. But tonight, no matter what way you look at it, serious questions need to be asked of a lot of people. Not just Mikel Arteta, but the players as well. Some of the individuals were embarrassing, to say the least. Some of the individuals were sloppy from the first minute. Arsenal as a team were sloppy from the first minute. That was so, so clear when Aston Villa went and put the ball in the back of the net with, what, less than two minutes on the clock. We're going to come on to discuss that particular incident. We're going to discuss lots of the game. We're going to discuss players in depth. We're going to discuss it all here on this live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. And if you want to join me in the second half of the show to share your thoughts on the podcast, please feel free to do so. If you want to have your say, as it says, rolling across the bottom of the screen, for those of you watching us live, send us a DM on Twitter to Chronicles underscore AFC and we'll ping you a link right back. I look forward to talking to some of you during the second part of this program. But first, I'm going to share with you guys my thoughts. I think when the team news came out and we heard that the side was unchanged from the one that won at Old Trafford, And I even tweeted this. It wasn't what I would have done. Um, And you guys that watch the preview show will know that I would have brought David Lewis into the side. I would have brought Nicolas Pepe into the side. I would have considered bringing Danny Ceballos into the side as well. Because sometimes in football, 
It's about horses for courses. It's about having the right players on the pitch to deal with the threat in front of you, to do the job that you need to do on that particular night. And at Old Trafford, it was a very different task to the one that we faced tonight. At least it should have been. It should have been a very different task. But, as I said, and so I'm not going to sit here now and, and really go in on Mikel Arteta about the team selection because that would be unfair. But I did at the time... Uh, or, or at the time of kickoff, say, or just prior to kickoff, sorry, that it's not what I would have done, and I'm, but I'm not going to go OTT on it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna maintain what I said at the time. And yes, in hindsight, you can look back and say there were errors in the in the team selection. But were we really up in arms about that team when it came out, considering the result and the performance? More importantly, at Old Trafford, particularly in that first period. No, I don't think so. But as the game went on, as the game developed, it was abundantly clear that actually it was wrong. Mikel Arteta had got it wrong. I thought everybody, every single Arsenal player this evening started the game in a sloppy fashion. You know, Kieran Tierney slipping over, looking like Bambi, um, you know, almost putting us in hot water really, really early doors. There was the goal that Aston Villa scored that was chalked off rightly for offside. You know, I've seen some people on social media, maybe not necessarily Arsenal fans sitting there going, how is that offside? Burn Leno isn't saving it anyway. That's that's irrelevant because Joe Hart wasn't saving Lacazette's header the other week against Leicester. But that goal still got chalked off because Granit Xhaka was supposedly in the way. And Granit Xhaka was less in the way than than Ross Barkley was tonight. I didn't think that Rob Holding had a good game. Nowhere near the game that he had at Old Trafford. And this is the thing with Rob Holding. You don't get those performances week in, week out. There's there's peaks and troughs in, in Rob Holding's form. There's times where he looks excellent. There's times where Arsenal fans have walked away from stadiums singing that he's the new Fabio Cannavaro. And then there are nights like this one. I didn't think Gabriel was at his best, but it's hard to point a finger at Gabriel when everything else around him was so bad. I thought that Hector Bellerin at times in the first half showed that, yeah, he can get forward and he, um, you know, can contribute. But again, defensively, he left a lot to be desired. Now, I've got a little bit of sympathy for Arsenal's right-hand side this evening because I've heard a lot of people sort of speaking and, and I've scrolled through social media just briefly. I haven't watched any interviews, post-match press conferences, anything at the time of doing this. But I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans going, oh, our right-hand side was bloody terrible. Yeah, it was. But when you know that Aston Villa have Jack Grealish on the left, therefore they're going to focus everything they do down that side you know that him and Ross Barkley have developed this excellent relationship whereby Barkley, kind of the way Ozil and Sanchez used to, drifts out there to support him. They team up, they double team, they create an overload, they cause people problems. They're both very comfortable on the ball, both very creative, both look to shift inside all the time. I can't help but feel like we should have been more alert to that and should have had a way of dealing with it. Thomas Partey and Mohamed Elneny in the middle of the park. Mohamed Elneny was poor. 
And for all the good things we saw from Mohamed Elneny in the game at Old Trafford, tonight we saw all his limitations. We saw him be loose in possession, which you couldn't say about him in that game at Manchester United. Physically, he didn't look quite right. I didn't even think Thomas Partey looked that good tonight in the first half. He showed signs of, you know, that power where he'd pick up the ball, drive forward, play a pass out to the left, play a pass out to the right. But again, he he conceded possession on a number of occasions as well and wasn't quite at the races. Right, understandably, it looked as though he picked up an injury quite early on in that game. He did go off at halftime. Danny Ceballos come on. You think with Danny Ceballos on, there'll be a little bit more zip, a little bit more tempo, a little bit more impetus in Arsenal going forward, having you know already gone a goal down. We'll come on to talk about that goal in a minute. But there was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. Aubameyang, again, out on the left-hand side. It's not working. It did work for a bit under Mikel Arteta. And I was one of the people that said it worked. It did. It really did. For a while. But it doesn't work now. And it's not working now. And it needs to change. We're essentially wasting our best player on the left flank. But we're not getting any benefit for that elsewhere. At the time... Aubameyang playing from the left and Lacazette through the middle with his hold-up play was creating spaces for Aubameyang, but he's not doing that anymore. Maybe people have sussed it out. Maybe that's partly to do with it, but it's not working. It's not happening. And the chance that fell to Lacazette in the first half, it's the kind of chance that you feel like Aubameyang would do more with. And he didn't do it. You know... You know, Lacazette didn't deliver again. And you can't help but feel when Lacazette continuously misses big chances at key moments in games that we're making a mistake. And actually, the answer to this issue is in the team, but he's been stuck on the left-hand side. It, It drives me absolutely crazy. Now, I always watch these back. I always watch these post-match reactions back and think, I was a little bit OTT at the time. I was angry, a bit reactionary. And that's why I always do another pod the next day. But today, I think I've got every right to be angry. Every right to be disappointed by what I've seen from Arsenal tonight in that game against Aston Villa. Willian. What has Willian done since the opening day of the season? The answer is absolutely nothing. That is the answer. He's not created He's not worked particularly hard. He's not assisted defensively to Hector Bellerin. He's not tucked into the midfield much to give us an extra body where maybe things are a little bit difficult in there. He's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. I thought he was slightly better at Old Trafford, but it still wasn't good enough. Simply wasn't good enough. The first goal. It was what I spoke about earlier on, that overload that Aston Villa constantly create on that left-hand side. We knew they were going to do it, but there was no... For someone who's supposed to be super pragmatic, who's supposed to be very defensive, that first 20, 25 minutes or so, probably even the first half an hour, was like watching an Unai Emery Arsenal or an Arsene Wenger Arsenal at the back end of his tenure, where teams would come to the Emirates, they'd attack us from the off, we'd be caught short, we'd be struggling, and we'd have to fight desperately to get our way back into a game against the low block. Credit to Aston Villa, though. 
They were brave in certain situations and they took their opportunities and they fully deserved the win. I, I don't want anybody neutral because I know there are a lot of neutral subscribers to this channel. I don't want people to watch this and think that I'm taking anything away from Aston Villa. They were excellent. Dean Smith will be absolutely delighted. He'll be smiling this evening from ear to ear because his side went with a game plan. They executed it perfectly and they go away. They go back up to the Midlands with all three points and it's fully, fully deserved. But there are serious questions to be asked about this Arsenal side. There's a lack of creativity. The defensive stability that we've seen of late, the defensive stability that we've kind of swapped for our creativity wasn't there tonight. So when the stability is not there and the creativity is not there, then naturally questions are going to be asked. And they should be asked. And yes, when you do these kind of things in the heat of the moment, straight after the game's ended, there will be times where... The criticism will be over the top and I'll probably look back at some of this tomorrow and look at it in a slightly different view. But whichever way I look at certain things, whichever way I look at the different scenarios and the way the game panned out tonight, I cannot be anything other than bitterly, bitterly disappointed. It's just it's just not good enough. It's not acceptable. We're Arsenal Football Club and the fact is the standards have to be higher. They really, really do. Guys, there are over 260 of you watching us right now across the multiple platforms, which is excellent. Thank you all so much for your continued support. But I've got to ask you, please, if you haven't already, if you're new, subscribe to the channel. And if you haven't hit that like button, please do so. It helps so much. It will get more people into the stream this evening. And the more of you come on, the more different points of view we get, the more we can try and make sense of that absolute shambles that took place at the Emirates this evening. So please, it doesn't cost you a penny. Hit the like button. Um, feel free to drop a super chat if you like as well. And uh, we'll pick up all of those throughout the course of this show. For those of you waiting to come on to the show, bear with me. I'm going to get you on very, very soon. The Chronicles of Aguna inbox is filling up on Twitter. I can see it. I'm just uh, replying to some of you now. Just replying to those of you who are inquiring about coming on. I'll send you a link shortly. Bear with us, guys. We'll get you on between now and the end of the show for sure. 100%. Let's see what you guys are saying in the comments section. Uh, Adzi says, joke performance. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Issy says, Arsenal spoiled my birthday today, bro. They spoiled my day. They spoiled my entire weekend as well. Uh, but happy birthday. Um, Alan Damien says absolutely gutless performance Andreas in Cyprus says so so disappointed um, Lewis Cooper says disappointed but not surprised bad boy says utter crap 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 a nightmare poor again tell me Harry what has happened with him since he signed his contract I've got to be honest I don't think anything's happened with Aubameyang I really don't I feel like Aubameyang has limitations as a footballer, but those limitations have always been there. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is a goal scorer and nothing more. He's not going to pick up the ball like Jack Grealish does, take on three or four players, pick out a defence-splitting pass. That's not Aubameyang's game. Aubameyang's game is to get in front of goal and to take opportunities. And at the moment, we are not getting Aubameyang into those positions from which he can do damage. I feel like he's getting a lot of heat. He's getting a lot of stick. And I understand that when someone is on the pay packet that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is. Um, 
given has been given the deal that Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's just received. I get all of that, but we've got to be realistic as well. The team are not helping him. We're not getting him into the areas in which he can do damage. There seems to be this, and I don't know if it's a deliberate tactic. I actually don't think it is a deliberate tactic. I think it is more a case of Arsenal not having the ideas, but it feels very much at the minute that everything we do in an attacking sense is on the flanks. It's on the left with Tierney or it's on the right with Bellerin. Sometimes it's Saka out there on the left. Sometimes it's Willian on the right, whatever. But the point is, if you're going to put balls into the penalty area from wide areas against low block defences with big towering centre-halves, that is what they want. I said it after the Leicester game. Those kind of defenders, the Tyrone Mingses, the Johnny Evanses of this world, will stand on the edge of their six-yard box all night long, heading out balls coming from either flank. And it's no issue for them. That's what they want. They don't want you to run at them. They don't want you to pull them out of position. If you ask them before the game, what do you want to deal with tonight? What is most favourable to you? It would be, let Arsenal put balls in from the flanks. We don't have a presence in the penalty area in Alexander Lacazette to cause problems in the way that maybe an Olivier Giroud would. We don't have runners from midfield who join in and get into the penalty area late and cause problems and and make defenders worry about what's going on around them and you know lose midfield runners and, and create spaces and diversions and things like that or get to the near post or anything like that. We've got none of that absolutely zilch, nothing. It's balls out to the left-hand side, delivered into the penalty area. Lacazette doesn't win them. They come back out. Arsenal build again, slowly, sideways football, five miles per hour, back out to the flank where we do the same thing again. And it's just a constant cycle. And I do think there were points, particularly in tonight's game, where we did try and open up a little bit in the first half. Um, Obviously, we got done for the goal because we opened up. We'll talk about that goal now. You know, it's just standard Aston Villa, Grealish and Barkley combining on the left. Ball across the penalty area. And Bakayo Saka's done really, really poorly there. He's not aware that Trezeguet's coming in behind him. I know it was Saka that put it into the back of the net in the end. But the issue here is that you're asking a kid in Bukayo Saka who's been brought up his whole life to play as a left winger, as an attacking player, to all of a sudden click his fingers and have defensive instincts. Doesn't work like that. Simply doesn't work like that. Now, I've not played Premier League football, but I played as an attacker, as a striker, the most selfish striker you'll ever come across. I didn't defend for shit. And I know... Because it's a basic concept, it's a basic mentality thing, that if you put me in defence, I couldn't switch my instincts from being in the right place to score a goal to now being in the right place to defend effectively. And that's what you're asking someone like Bukayo Saka to do. And you're asking him to do it every single week. And a lot of the time, he does it well, to be fair to him. But he will come unstuck. And this was a prime example of that of asking a player to do something week in, week out that isn't natural to him, over a course of time, you'll get found out. Why do we need to play with this kind of back five system anyway at home to Aston Villa? Aston Villa didn't do it. Aston Villa came to the Emirates with bollocks. They came with a back four. 
They came with a three-man midfield and a three-man attack. And we talk about a three-man midfield. Ross Barkley practically had a free roll this evening. So why can Villa do that? Why can Villa come to the Emirates, be so expansive and brave, yet Mikel Arteta's Arsenal are still sitting there scratching their asses, trying to work out how to break down a low block. All he's been talking about in the last week is how much we've been working on dealing with breaking teams down, where there was none of that on show. And if they have been doing some work behind the scenes... And that is why at times we looked a little bit more open. It looked like Partey and Elneny were miles apart from each other. Then it's had the wrong effect, mate. And you need to get back to the training ground. And the problem is now when you come into international breaks, you have time now to mull over this crap. And every single one of us that follows this great football club now is going to spend the next couple of weeks disappointed, upset, angry. And... It's not fair. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve that as a fan base. Let's see what you guys are saying in the live chat. And then we're going to start getting uh, some of our live callers on as well. Um, let's uh, let's uh, send some links out to those guys. And if you haven't got the link yet, guys, uh, bear with me because they're coming your way. I'm sending a couple at a time uh, so that I can get you all on. I can give you all a good five minutes or so just to rant and rave um, about whatever you want. Um, with regards to tonight's performance. But let's go to the live chat first. Uh, Zissi says, zero creativity. Arsenal 92-93 were impotent going forward, but this is a total shambles. It's a cure for insomnia. Shambles, shambles, shambles. Tommy says he's sick over that. Daniel says this team is a joke. Manas says shambles, no intent to attack. Um... AM says, Grealish is a baller. I turned off the telly after the first goal. Our prima donnas couldn't be bothered. No energy and no verve. Um, Scott says, I've lost feelings for Arsenal now. I more expect us to lose nowadays. Keith says, that wasn't very good. Um, Everybody's furious. Everybody's furious. Andy, FC1 says, spot on, bro. Connor Hanley says, six and a half hours since we scored in the league from open play. I don't know that that is true. I've got to be honest, but I'll take your word for it. Um, just going to get through a few more comments before we bring on some callers. Uh, let's see what we've got here. Streeper says, I'm done with Arteta. Four out of eight is horrible. Arteta out. Tom says, Rob Holding has always been hot or cold. Mohammed says, like the stream, guys, it's very important. It is absolutely important. And there's no excuse right now for us not to have more likes because across the multiple platforms, there are over 300 of you tuned in at the moment. If you hit that like button, we'll get more people on board. And I'm sure lots of you will be joining us on the replay. If you are, welcome as well. Right. uh, Let's go to our first caller. Uh, Sam, welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna, mate. What do you want to say? Oh, where do you want to start, mate? Honestly. Um, I think the the worst thing was is that he had so much hope this week. Old Trafford does such a buzz after that win. Uh, we whacked four in the Europa League, uh, and then you just got smacked. I mean, we were lucky not to be losing after forty eight seconds. Um, I don't know why that was disallowed. I think we got away with that. Um, you just never Do you think? I, I I think it was right to be disallowed. Really, on the basis that he is standing dead in front of the goalkeeper. I. Look, I I, I don't think top corner at like so quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that Burn Leno saves it. I don't think that five Burn Leno save it to be honest. But the point is that we had a goal chalked off, didn't we? Yeah. The week before last for a similar thing. So 
on that basis, at the very least, is consistent. Yeah. Um, I, I think the main issue, I think, like you were saying with Aubameyang, um, I just don't remember the last game. Like, you know, he can play, he's done anything. Um, and I think the left wing is, you know, he's played well there, but I do think it's time to put him down the middle just to get him a goal, get him a run of goals again. And then if it's working, put him out on the left again, maybe. But I, I don't think there's an issue with since his new contract. I just think that the way we're playing, he just, whenever he gets the ball, it's either he stops, plays it back, or he's crossing it. And then Lacazette, how, how do you miss these chances? There was the Liverpool chance he missed, the Leicester one, the United, he had an air kick. Um, yeah, and then tonight, unacceptable. The, the thing with sort of, it's a hard one because I'm critical of, of Alexander Lacazette. I think he's got to do better in certain situations. The issue here, though, is when you're creating such little in a game, when you're yeah. only creating one or two good chances, it then does become harder for a striker, doesn't it? Particularly yeah. when your confidence is on the floor. Yeah. And as much as Lacazette started the season in decent form, I do think of late that confidence has taken a massive blow. And I don't think that confidence has been helped by the fact that one week Enketia starts, the yeah. next week Lacazette's back in, we go to Manchester City and Willian is playing as the centre forward. There are There's just so many issues... Yeah. And and I don't want to get on Mikel Arteta's back because I really do support him. And I do think that in the long run, mm. we will get to where we need to be. I, I've not seen enough negativity yet to change my mind. But no. I mean, just finally, Sam, before I, I just move on, just because we've got a few yeah. people wanting to get on tonight. Where do we go from here? What's the first port of call? What does Mikel Arteta need to address immediately before we come back to play our next Premier League game? I think he needs to understand that you can't play the same way every week. We can't... I saw someone tweet earlier, it was like, we can't play like we're playing Liverpool away every game. So there's five at the back, you can't play at home anymore. At home, like, I hate to say it, but we need to be a bit more like Tottenham. Like, Tottenham are taking the, the game to teams. They're playing attacking football. You look at Kane and Son, Reguilon's going down one wing, Bale and Doherty the other... Um, at home, we need to be a 4 3 3 party, and then Sabios. We need Jacker back as well. I think people realizing his control of the games is missing. Um, El Neni, as good as he is, one game he can't be good every week. Um, and give Pepe a go because, for the love of God, like for 72 mil, we really haven't seen much, but he needs a run of games and uh, just get some goals, man. Like you said, that six and a half hours is correct because uh, Opta tweeted earlier, it's um, abysmal. But well, that's I'm not, embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I'm not, out. I'm not on about, I hate people going at managers after a couple of defeats. Like, just remember what Arteta's done and what he was given um, and keep faith because I think he'll, he'll turn it around. But he needs to just, like you say, keep one team, stop changing it all the time. Yeah, agreed. Sam, yeah. thank you so much for joining us, mate, and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Pleasure, mate. Take care. Cheers, mate. That was uh, Sam. Uh, welcome to our next caller, Colin. How you doing, mate? Welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna. I'm livid, Harry. Right? I thought you might be, Colin. I thought here, you might be. Here's the, here's the thing, though, right? People are going to mistake this as to me being livid at the manager. I'm no such thing. 
All right. Okay. I'm more livid at these players than I am the manager, right? And I'll tell you why. These are the same players who bottled it in Baku. Honestly, it's not even. All right, let's just let's just like calm down for a minute here, right? The Lacazette chance. Yep. He's sco- he should be scoring that. Right? Miss me with the bullshit of, oh, he's low on confidence. Any striker in the league scores that. Any striker. Any striker. Callum Wilson scores that. Do you think, though, do you not agree, Colin, that when you only get one chance a game? I know the very best strikers in world football, when they get one yeah, chance a game, they tuck, they tuck them away. But we've always known that Alex Lacazette isn't one of the best strikers in world football. No, he's he's not. not that top tier. He's he's below that level. We've always known that. He's never really done anything to, to suggest otherwise. No. But do you not think that if Arsenal were creating more chances, if Arsenal were constantly playing on the front foot, that then you get into the kind of rhythm of things, the swing of things, and then it becomes easier for players like Alexander Lacazette. Whereas right now, he is in a situation where... Every week, he gets one chance. And if he puts yeah. that chance away, Arsenal win the game. If he doesn't, though, it's a problem. Ah, but this is a recurring theme, Harry. We've been saying, like, every single time, the games that we've lost, we've not been clinical enough. Liverpool, City, Leicester, and now tonight. This is a recurring theme. It's not just a one-off. Agreed. Agreed. Like, but, so it was... What's the solution, Colin? What needs to change, in your opinion, for Arsenal to become a more effective outfit under Mikel Arteta? Because I know we've had some difficult games so far, and I've been one of those people that constantly brings that up because I think it is important. Context is important. But there's got to be, at some point, there's got to be a bit of, you know, right, now we need to home in and understand what is going wrong because it seems to be the same issues. If you constantly do the same thing, and then wonder why you're getting the same results. It's, it's insanity, isn't it? D- Do you know what, Harry? I don't know what this. I don't know what the solution is. Because I mean, Arteta has said that he's going to look at it over the international break, which is good. Which is good and all, <laughs> but Aubameyang down the left ain't working. It Agreed. Agreed. Because often, but it times, was though. It it was though. At yeah, a point, yeah, yeah. It? It, it it was for a point, right? But when I've watched him in games this season, I often find him at like right wing back for some reason. Like, yeah, I, I I don't know. For me, we look better with Pepe on. That I'll say. Yep. Williams contributed absolutely nothing you know he did all right against man united but let's not forget he missed a few chances in that game as well yep Agreed. so for me william should be dropped uh, yeah pepe i agree be, with that pepe should be starting games consistently now because it's actually worrying he's actually not played four games in a row for arsenal since he's been here that's that's an incredible stat. 
That's an incredible like, stat. I, I just find that I, I find that baffling to be honest with you. But that said, I'm still behind Mikel Arteta. I don't think one game or one loss to Villa changes that. <laughs> as bad as it was. Yep. And it was fucking bad, wasn't it? Oh, yes, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad, bro. But uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know what the solution is. I can't really say what what I would do from his perspective <laughs> because yeah. I'm not in training with these guys week in, week out. I, I don't know. I exactly. don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like, Arteta might be seeing things that we're not. So, whatever we think, ultimately, it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I get that. And I and if we had all the solutions, then it would be us in the dugout and not Mikel Arteta. I get all of that. I just just finally, Colin, just because I've got a few people waiting. And yeah, you know what would if there's one thing that needs addressing, in your opinion, between now and the, when we come back to play Premier League football again, what is it and what's the priority? What's got to be done? Several players dropped. More specifically, Bellerin dropped. Holden dropped. Um, who else? Lacazette dropped. I was thinking of one more of it in a minute. Who was it? <laughs> Do you know what? I've forgotten who it was, but that's don't, the thing. Don't worry about it. Don't that's worry the, about that's it. The, we, that, that's the thing, right? Several players in this team need to be dropped. All right? Yep. Because... Either they're not good enough or they're just taking the piss. And what we've seen tonight, those players were taking the piss from minute one. Yeah, agreed, right? mate. And agreed. I, know, I know I know, know Villa's first goal was ruled offside, rightly so. Yeah, because agreed. If the goal against Leicester was ruled for offside, then so was then that should be exactly. as well. Exactly, yeah. I said, I said right? that earlier on. That's, that's absolutely but right. But at the same time, my logic, is, my logic would be: all right, you've gotten away with it. You can't now. Yeah, then now you, need to now take... you can, now you kick on from that. They didn't, yeah. and we got punished. And this is the reality in the Premier League: if you get punished, or if you don't take your chances and you act all lackadaisical, like these players were doing for the majority of that game, you get punished. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Colin, thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate it. Sorry to hurry you along. I've just got a few people waiting and we want to get through as many uh, callers as we can this evening. Thank you so much, Colin. And we'll speak soon, pal. And That was uh, Colin. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, coming up next, uh, Saad, have I said that right? Yes, that's correct. Hi. Thank you. Can How you, you doing, me? mate? You're right. Welcome to the show. What do you want to say? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, congrats. first off, congratulations on getting 10k subscribers. Good job. Thank you, pal. Thank you. I, I want to start off with saying that I'm Miguel Arteta and I trust in Arteta, but he's not free of any criticism. And he always, what he does for me is he never helps himself. For example, in the team, we don't have any attacking midfielders. We have Willock. The, he's not amazing. He's not Yaya Torre. But at the same time, he adds something that no one else adds into the team. No one else has what Willock has. And to not even put him on the bench, just in case 
what happened today happens to get a bit of impetus into the midfield, it's it's a mistake. He didn't help himself. Then what? Uh, what else is from the just from the kickoff? My friend told me, don't change uh, the lineup. Don't change the lineup. Don't fix what's not broken. But I told my friend that he's it's a disaster waiting to happen. It's not about. It's obvious it's not going to work. Playing five defenders at home with two holding midfielders against Aston Villa at home, where are the chances going to come from? And then when you're playing a front three with our best striker on the wing, an out-of-home striker in Lacazette, who should not be starting, and then William, who had... Oh, I'll leave William for later because that's a whole <laughs> long topic. But William as well, he's not really doing himself any favors. Uh you look at Austin Villa, Austin Villa had three midfielders. And they had, imagine Austin Villa are playing with three in midfield against Arsenal, who are playing just a 3 4 3. And they're playing with two attacking midfielders and McGinn and Barkley. And just from the yep. 50 seconds, right off the start, they had the ball in the back of our net. Barkley is not amazing. He's a decent Premier League footballer, decent, midfield, decent midfielder, but he had the freedom of the pitch. He was the extra man in the midfield when it was 2v3 the whole time. Either McGinn was free or Barkley. We made Barkley look like De Bruyne today. And that should not be happening. That simply should not be happening. Uh, I really don't know what to say. I just think the result, you can blame the players, but I believe the players were set up to fail. And that yep. uh, Mikel Arteta not, is not helping himself. For example, I really think that... Please, go ahead. I, I, I think you're right, mate. I think when you... Um, I think there's a little bit of a lag in the connection between us. So just uh, bear with us if you're watching. But I think there's a little bit of a, you know, you made you hit the nail on the head when you spoke about the Joe Willock thing. Now, Joe Willock is not a top class midfielder. I don't think he's good enough to suggest that somebody else needs to be dropped and he needs to come straight into the starting lineup. But you were absolutely right when you said that he is an option and he's a different option to everybody else that we have available to us. Now, we've had a problem breaking teams down at home from the beginning of Mikel Arteta's tenure. This has not just been in the games against Leicester and the games against Aston Villa. We just about got over the line against West Ham. We just about got over the line against Sheffield United. We had countless games like that at the back end of last season. That should say to Mikel Arteta that he needs an alternative style of midfielder. And he just doesn't seem to get that. That is the the big issue for me. Um, so just finally, mate, just because I've got a few people waiting and I'm sorry to, to rush everybody along, but what would you, and I'm asking everybody the same question. If you had one thing that you, or what's the priority in terms of rectifying this? What needs to happen immediately for Arsenal to be a stronger side straight away? I think... To answer your question, I think that, first of all, we need to evolve. When we Mikel Arteta first came in, he played a 3-4-3, and that suited us because it protected our players. It gave David Luiz protection in the back three. It stopped Jaka from having to cover a lot of space. It found a home for Ainsley Maitland-Niles' versatility, and that Bellerin bomb on. It's It helped us. Now it's time to make our next step into our next evolution, which is a 4-3-3, and we have players to do that with the addition of Gabriel and Partey. Lastly... The last thing we need to do is that uh, Mikel Arteta needs to select his team based off process of elimination. How can I get my worst out-of-form players out of the team? For example, get Willian out of the team, put Pepe, get Olaka off the team, put in Oba at nine, put Saka on the wing. And he needs to do that more often. That's it. That's what I think he needs to do. 
brilliant stuff thank you so much mate where are you joining us from by the way i'm joining you from the uae dubai wow brilliant stuff thank you so much mate and uh, we'll speak very soon i'm sure cheers thank you mate that was the brilliant uh, Saad. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. Just a quick super chat for me to read out before we go to our next caller. Big thank you to Dramatic12 for your kind donation. Um, he says, when we went from playing football through the middle, sorry, we went from playing football through the middle with Wenger and somehow switched to playing on the wings with a striker who isn't a target man. Yeah, that's that's. I couldn't agree with that more. Um, and it, is, it has been a real point of frustration. Uh, love for Saad in the comments from Russ. He says Saad talked a lot of sense there. He absolutely did. Uh, thank you so much, mate. Um, some of you are asking in the live chat or asking me to DM you, I think. Or, or I think Robin's letting someone know how they can jump on. If you want to jump on, it says it across the bottom of the screen. DM me on Twitter at Chronicles underscore AFC. Drop into that inbox and I will fire you back a link. Don't DM me on my personal Twitter. I've seen a couple of people do that, but I can't keep track of both accounts. So come into the Chronicles one and that way I can let you straight into the conversation if you'd like to be a part of it. Uh, welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna Lathan. How you doing, mate? Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. I've, I've had better nights, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it is what sure, it is. Sure. What do you want to say on the Arsenal, mate? Um, look, I'm going to come in with a bit of a level head. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of fans already going in at Arteta straight away. And it's been for the past few weeks now. Uh, Arteta out, that's all I've seen across a lot of channels, across a lot of Twitter uh, accounts, across a lot of Instagram accounts. It's just Arteta out, Arteta out, Arteta out. He's got it wrong. He's out of his dead. Yeah. I think today he has to take some responsibility for that loss, in my opinion. But for me... Them players did not perform today to what he was asking. Agreed. I think, Agreed. yeah, you, you could hear him on the sidelines. I think if you're if you're watching like me on Sky Sports, being a bit of a dummy buying it for fourteen pound, um, <laughs> you can hear him on the sideline just screaming, shouting, "Get up the pitch, get up the pitch!" And you can hear him. But these players, they're jogging. You got Inketi, you got Abamyang, even Lacazette in the first half, just jogging. Where, where's the passion? Where's the commitment? You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, I think that, and as I've, I've touched on earlier on in the show, I, as much as I've, I'm kind of not happy with the way Mikel Arteta set us up. And again, it, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And it's very easy to look back on a game and say it was wrong or it was right. Um, and I completely get all of that. But you're absolutely right when you say the application from the players isn't there. But then we're talking about some players who haven't been applying themselves bar the Manchester United game for weeks, for months in some cases, yeah. yet they're still getting into the side. Willian, for me, I, I don't get what he is bringing to the team at the moment. Is it because Mikel Arteta feels or the club feel that they have to justify the fact that they've given this geezer a three-year contract? Do you think that plays a part in the fact that he's selected every week? Because other than that, other than a really good display at Fulham on the opening day of the season, where we all, hands up, said... I think we've got ourselves a player here. He has done nothing. He's not delivered anything. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I, I, look, at the end of the day, for me, William, I think he brings a different aspect to the team. I'm not exactly uh, William's biggest fan, but I'm not his biggest hater either. I, I, I think he brings more than what people think. And uh, subconsciously, you know, out of our minds, out of sight, 
he, he's doing a lot more than what people are thinking. I think yeah. uh, when Pepe comes in the team, he, he grabs the ball and he runs at players. He, he, he brings a lot more energy, a lot more of a burst. So it, it, to us as fans watching the game, it, it seems like he's doing more for the team. Yeah. Now, I could just be plain stupid saying this, but I would keep Willian in. For these sort of games, it, it, a lot more defending. I think Aston Villa on, on a great uh, run of form. They're, they're picking teams apart, really. Um, you yeah. know, we, we saw that with the Liverpool game. Um, I think in this, when there's more defending needing to be evolved, William is better at that. It weren't great today, but I think if you're talking about application and, and the effort going into the game, why isn't anyone questioning Aubameyang? For me, is he I a think, captain? Is he a real yeah, captain? Yeah, that I agree with. And, and Arsenal have been guilty of doing this time and time again over the years where they've been in situations where they're desperate to hold on to someone and they've gone, here's the captaincy, mate. Here you go. This is our way of trying to keep you. They did it with Thierry Henry. Um, I didn't think Thierry Henry was a captain as, as as wonderful of a footballer as he was. And he is my favourite Arsenal player of all time. There's no doubt about that. He wasn't a captain. Cesc Fabregas was another one. Didn't feel like he was necessarily a captain. Robin Van Persie certainly wasn't a captain. It's Arsenal's way of desperately trying to hold on to people. And I thought that when we were talking about the culture shifting and all of that changing, that maybe we'd got away from that. But as much as I feel like we don't set Aubameyang up right at the moment in terms of producing him the opportunities that he needs to do what he does best, and that is score goals... I do agree with you on that leadership point. Is he a leader? No. Somebody like David Lewis, he'll get a lot of stick, but he is a leader. And somebody yeah. like David Lewis on the pitch tonight, I think, drives that team forward, rallies the, the troops a little bit better. And that was one of the, if you saw the preview show I did on Saturday, one of the, I, may, I, I looked at three changes from the side against Manchester United. One of them was David Lewis to come in for holding. The other one was Pepe for Willian. And the third one, which I was a little bit on the fence about, was Ceballos for El Nenny, just because I felt like we needed that little bit more sort of creativity in there. It's not to say Ceballos is a crazy creator, but you know what I mean. Um, mm -hmm. He's better in, in possession. You'd expect him to be able to find those passes in between the lines um, a, a little bit easier. Um, just finally, mate, before I let you go... Um, yep. Again, I've been asking the same question to everyone as we always do on these fan shows because it's nice to get different views, different uh, answers and stuff. Um, what's the first port of call here for Mikel Arteta? Where does he go from here? And uh, what are you looking for him to rectify first and foremost? I, I think he takes it back to the drawing board. Um, yeah, I don't know where we go from here. I, to be honest, I don't even know our next fixture. I haven't, I haven't got a clue at the moment. I haven't looked. Leeds, Leeds, <laughs> Leeds. Leeds, Leeds. Um, Look, from it, just figure out a style again. Create the identity again. Get the uh, the motivation, the, um, oh, I've got the word, but the motivation, the kind of morale back in the camp. Get everyone fired up again and, and, uh, and go from there. Lift our heads up. Look, it's a bad loss tonight, but it happens. So let's just start again and, uh, and go forward. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, where are you joining us from, by the way, mate? Uh, Cambridge, England. Cambridge, not too far, not too far, just no, up the A10. Uh, thank you so much, mate. Uh, no, pleasure Cheers, to have mate. you on, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. All the best. Perfect. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. -bye.
another brilliant caller. Uh, keep them coming, guys. We're going to go for a little bit of a while tonight because there's plenty to discuss, obviously. Uh, disappointing uh, defeat at the hands of Aston Villa. If you're just joining us, um, welcome. If you haven't already, hit the like button. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. Uh, and don't forget that this podcast is brought to you by manscaped.com. So for all your male grooming needs, head over to Manscaped, enter our discount code, which is Chronicles AFC in capital letters, and you'll receive 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. Let's go to my next caller. He's got one hell of a name. Welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna Harry. How you doing, mate? Hello, mate. How you doing? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, can he loud and clear, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Had better nights, but I'm sure it's the same for you. Yeah, shit. Really, really, really shit. Let me just turn up a bit, sorry. Um, yeah, super disappointed tonight. Uh, just sometimes you feel like we're going forwards and then sometimes you feel like we're going backwards and and, and the steps back, um, they just seem so uh, just so easily able to avoid in terms of uh, the setup. I think as soon as you play 5-3-2, five, three, two, five, three, two, or back five or 3-4-3, three, three, however you want to call it, you just you straight away, you just give the... The impotent to, to the to the opposition. Now, if you're playing a Sheffield United or a West Ham or a Palace, who are really pragmatic and organised, and they'll just happily sit back and wait for a chance, then it's all right. Then your five-three-two could be a little bit more expansive. Then we'll see Saka like play as a third centre mid, and, and Aubameyang go inside and Tini go up. But when you play a team like Villa, I just think straight away you're saying, "Oh, we're a little bit scared of you." And then we saw. The way that the back five was, we saw it a traditional back five. You know, Saka was left wing back, whereas usually you see him float a little bit. And then you've got Watkins and Barkley and Greenish, like you say, overloading the, the centre-halves, but only because they know they can do that, because we've just got two central midfielders, you know. So we're going two against two with Elneny, with Elneny party and McGinn, against McGinn and um, the Brazilian fellow. Is it Douglas Luiz for Villa? Yeah, Douglas Lewis. Yeah, we're yeah. going two, two, two against two there. So then it's just, a, you know, just who wants it more, essentially. Who's got the more legs? And unfortunately, their sentiments had it. And then you're just leaving our, our defenders exposed. And I think straight away, when Greedish and Barkley and Watkins see that lineup, they go, cool, bang. We have, we're not going to have to run back that much today. We'll be all right just to, just to play poker and sit it out and just try to pin Bellerin back, try to, you know, make sure Holden and Gabriel don't have time on the ball. You know, and that's what happened. And, and I think Arteta's caught, caught in a real hard place at the moment because, you know, let's not forget for years we played great football under Wenger and not under Emery, but Emery, you know, had some performances where we were scoring goals, but we were conceding as many. And Arteta came in, steadied the ship. And, and he's caught between that hard place now thinking, oh, you know, when do I switch it up? You know, when do I kind of just say to the players, right, go and express yourself. And, and tonight he'll probably argue that you know, we didn't defend well enough to, to go and express ourselves. But it's just shit because you've got uh, a team with a few good players in there um, and then a few players who have a good performance, but they're not necessarily a, a good to great player. And I think Arteta knows that. You know, Elneny had a good performance against Man United. He's not a, he's not a great player. And he'll get some rave reviews for Man United and there'll be some articles and whatnot about, you know, how he's turning it around but ultimately but that, that's you know, part of being a great player though isn't it being able to deliver consistently and yeah. Mohamed Onnini won't do that we, we've he seen won't. that in all the years he's been at Arsenal, Arsenal previously you know he will do it from time to time he can do a defensive uh, yeah, yeah. disciplined job but you're not going to really ever get any more uh, from Mohamed Onnini um, Harry again um, first of all where are you joining us from 
Um, always interested to know where you guys are tuning in from. Um, I'm from uh, East London, like Walthamstow. Ah, uh, that's not far, not far down the road. Um, first port of call for you. What does Mikel Arteta do next? How does he approach the next Premier League game? Is it time for him to go back to the drawing board, or does he stick with the principles that he's developed so far um, during his tenure? The thing is, like, we can. I know people, you know, asking for Pepe to start and whatnot, but you know, does Pepe deserve to start? You know, again in the Europa League, I know he scored a goal and got an assist, but he didn't. He didn't really play well. We didn't influence the game dramatically uh, in terms of carrying a ball and, and dribbling. Um, so, in all honesty, where Arteta's got to go is, is just do what he can un- until he can strengthen in January. Because ultimately, we only have the player to play a certain system at the moment, which is which is be organised, be hard to beat, and hope your good players turn up. And when our good players don't turn up in a Bamiang or and Lacazette and, and you know, and whoever else you want to mention, um, we're, we're, we're most of the time we'll, we'll, we'll be unstuck, we'll, we'll come undone because there's not, yeah. enough, there's not enough versatility and creativity in our midfield. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, Party looks like a great player, but you want to put someone next to him uh, with legs and, and with energy, you can, you can play deep, you can drive, yeah. and we just don't have that. Like, we just don't have it. So, I, yeah. you know, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is, but I know the answer. I, I know, we know what the answers are, and I think Arteta is fully aware of who, who is good enough. And had this been a summer where you could make unlimited transfers and bring in, you know, whoever you want, then you, you, you would have seen six, seven, eight changes. Um, but ultimately, yeah. you know, money's tight and you've got to be a little bit more careful. But it's shit. Yeah, really, really it, shit. Agreed. And it gives, it gives um, rival clubs uh, a chance to really, really laugh at us, which is the really annoying thing because we should be progressing uh, progressing in a way that shows direction. Whereas at the moment, we're playing this formation, which just makes you question, you know, is it the right shape? And that's yeah. really, really frustrating. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Harry, for joining us, mate. Uh, And we hope to speak to you again very soon on an upcoming fan show. Cheers, mate. Big thank you uh, to Harry there for joining us. Let's have a quick look at the comments. And we've got a couple more callers lined up. They're waiting backstage on the... uh, the software patiently thank you guys and bear with me uh, just going to have a quick look at some of the comments uh, lots of you agreeing with with what harry had to say don't forget if you haven't already hit the like button subscribe to the channel if you're new it is so so important follow us on twitter at chronicles underscore afc if you haven't already done so too welcome to the chronicles of aguna Ameya. have i said that right mate uh yes you have hi thank you hi, good, how are good. you I'm good, mate. I'm good. I always like to make sure I say names as accurately as possible. But uh, welcome to the show. Where are you joining us from? I'm from Vancouver, Canada. Oh, wow. What time is it there? It's 2.30 in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. You, you're behind. So it's not it's not a late night for you then. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, mate? Welcome to the program. What do you want to say on uh, the performance or the not shambles, shall we call it? Not too great. It was a shambolic performance. I mean... I mean, we're playing at home uh, with three centre-backs. I, I don't really understand the tactics. We have to be on the front foot. Uh, I understand the formation at Manchester United because we were away from the home and we haven't won there for 14 years. So the tactics were understandable. Like you go with a defensive formation. But here at home, I can't really explain that. I mean, it was it was horrible. 
Yeah, I I agree, mate. It was it was disappointing. What did you make of the performance uh, of the forwards in particular tonight? Because they're coming in for a lot of criticism. You know, we we weren't great tonight defensively, but we have improved defensively on the whole. So maybe the spotlight needs to be on those attackers who simply right now are not delivering. Would you agree? Yeah, I was just having a conversation with my brother today that it looks like we have finally sorted out our defence, but we need to yeah. sort out our offensive players. And I think we need to replace Lacazette. I mean, Lacazette needs at least four or five chances in a game to score a goal. That's not good enough. I mean, you, we need a player who can score with one chance. We need someone like Harry Kane or Jamie Vardy, you know, someone like that. Uh, and I don't think Villian is good enough. I don't think he is, he is contributing on the right wing, probably moving moving into the middle in a, yep. in a 10 role, maybe. And Pepe hasn't been good enough as well. I mean, uh, you, you mentioned the 10. Clashes. You. You mentioned the ten role there, Amir, and I've tried to avoid talking about him all night. But there is a number ten sitting at home on Twitter with the rest of us. Exactly. Uh, are we missing a trick here? I mean, are we really saying that he wouldn't have contributed in the game? I mean, I definitely think that he would have contributed and you know assisted few goals today because that's what we needed today: someone to someone to hold the ball and you know. Uh, drop into yeah. those spaces and uh, Harry let me ask you something when was the Go last ahead. time you you saw Arsenal playing a through ball I don't remember <laughs> me neither it's, I said it earlier on in the show it's all about with this Arsenal team it's all about getting the ball wide and playing balls into the penalty area and we're just not cut out to do that we, we don't never have, have the players that. for that kind of a exactly. play we don't exactly. have a Giroud now exactly Exactly. Yeah. And Maya, thank you so much, mate, for joining me. I'm, I have to move on just because I've got a few people waiting. But thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And um, Thanks, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you to Amea there, uh, another brilliant caller. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Sushant, welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna, mate. How are you and where are you joining us from? Can't hear you there, mate. It's just cracking up a little. Say something. Hi, good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me properly? You're mate? welcome, mate. Yeah, now I can. Now I can. There was a little bit of a lag there, a little bit of a delay. Where are you joining us from, mate? Yeah, yeah, it's back. It's it's fine now. I'm from Coventry in the oh, Midlands. Oh, lovely, lovely in the Midlands. So uh, you're probably going to come across a few Villa fans in the next few days. Mind you, we're in lockdown, <laughs> so you might have escaped. Yeah, it. hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's all right. They're a good. What do you want to um, What do you want to say on the on the display tonight? I saw you grinning when I mentioned Mr. Ozil. Um, what's your take on that? Um, first of all, yeah, I mean, I can see why people have got that kind of idea that Meza would be good in a game like this. But I would so I wanted to bring it back to a point that um, I can't remember if it was on the the chat or was with. About Joe Willock. Yep, go ahead, mate. Go ahead. You're, Sorry, you're just you breaking me? up a little bit. Yeah, just about. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was just going to say about uh, Joe Willock. I think someone mentioned talked us mentioned about him before. I think, I mean, we've seen him play really well in the Europa League games, and 
I think he does deserve his chance now, and he would I think he would have done well in a game like this. And we was crying. We would have been crying for a number ten sort of player. Sorry, uh, mate. We keep losing you, mate. Try try dropping out of the stream and clicking back in. To show how. Try, uh, try... Because if I can see that he's definitely developed into a really good player now. You've just, I've just caught the end of that. It's just come through. Try dropping out of the stream, Sushant, and come back in and we'll try it one more time because um, you sound like you're making some excellent points. But yeah, leave the stream and come back in because you sound like you're making some excellent points, but they're okay. not quite coming through right. at this end. Right, so just drop out and come back in. I'll leave come back it now, in. Come... Yep. All right. I'll do... Cool. That was Sushant just having some connection issues there. But he sounded like he was making some excellent points. So I want to get him back on if possible. Um, and uh, let's have a look at some of you guys' comments in the meantime. Uh, big hello to Chris. He says Martinelli 100% needs to come in once he's fully fit. Definitely a starting place for the kid. Yeah, look, when you look at the way the forwards are performing at the moment, how can anyone argue otherwise? Um, you know, we're lacking in those attacking areas there's no doubt about that Martinelli is probably someone who can do that role that Aubameyang is kind of being asked to do now which is play this kind of hybrid from the left and through the middle and drifting in field because he gives you a little bit more aside from scoring goals than Aubameyang does he dribbles he works harder you know for me Aubameyang is is good at what he does but there is a limit to that there are limitations to him and when you you keep playing him in a position that, let's be fair, was working at one point, but isn't anymore. Now it's time to start re-evaluating that, I think. Let's bring Sushant back in, uh, see if the connection is any better this time. Uh, can you hear us, mate? No, it's not having it. It's not having it. Um, Sushant, mate, we can't hear you. Um, it seems to have frozen. Uh, so we might have to get you on to another show. Apologies, mate. Um, but we just your, your sound's not coming through at all. I think uh, the connection's lagging just a little bit. Um, but drop me a DM, mate, and I'll definitely get you on the next one as a priority um, as one of the first callers. And we'll give you a little bit more time as well. Um, so I do apologize, mate, but it's just, it's just not coming through. Um, right. I think we're going to leave it there. Um, I think we're going to leave it there. Uh, at the end of this post-match reaction show and um, we're going to come back tomorrow with karma heads maybe some new thoughts um, having heard what Mikel Arteta has to say and what uh, the, the kind of takeaways are from the press conference as you could probably tell from the very beginning of the program I'm, I'm bitterly disappointed um, really upset with the result but more so the performance um, obviously the two often go hand in hand, but they don't always, um, but yeah, feeling really downbeat about the performance and, and feeling really downbeat about the fact now that we have an international break, which means that we've got a week, two weeks even to mull over this and to sit there and think about it and worry about it and be upset about it. Um, Ross Morgan says, thanks, Harry. Great discussion on a rubbish game of football. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, really appreciate all your support and every single one of you in the chat. At one point across the multiple platforms, we had over 500 of you watching us live and I anticipate there will be many, many more uh, watching this back on replay or listening to the podcast edition, which will be out first thing on Monday morning. So uh, thank you all uh, once again. Just the final, don't forget, 
hit the uh, like button if you haven't subscribe to the channel if you're new and we'll be back very very soon tomorrow in fact uh, or later on today for those of you listening on the audio um, and I'll be trying to look back at some of the key points with a calm ahead as we always do uh, here on the Chronicles of Aguna. So a big thank you once again to every single one of you. And we'll be back very, very soon with more. Until then, take care. Cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.